Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Talk Radio is back, everybody. You can also listen to these shows now via that dial-in number at 515-602-9734. Of course, you can get the MixLR app. We've got IceCast. Go to my website, and you can choose your option to listen live. Okay. Well, friends, we're going to do a four-show marathon today. We're going to kick it off. We're going to Lower Saxony, Germany right now. We've got Pastor Elvis Newhart here on Tuesday. September 26, 2023. Elvis, where's the year going, man? It'll be Christmas before we know it. Oh, well, they're already pushing Christmas into the stores. I was at the store the other day, and uh, all the way from left to right, up and down, everything was already stocked up for Christmas already. I mean, we haven't had Halloween yet. September hasn't ended, so I guess they're really going to push it. Well, to hell with Halloween. Let's just skip it. And literally, l- literally to hell with Halloween. <laughs> My friend, always good to be with you. Uh, would you like to open us in prayer? 
Right. Father in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace, Lord, for your understanding. Lord, we thank you for the unsearchable riches of your wisdom that you pour out to us, Father, through your spirit and through the teachings of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we just bind the strong man over everybody listening now and everybody that will be listening in the future and tonight over this marathon, Father in Jesus' name, Lord. We pray that all the equipment and everything works fine in, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that this message would minister grace into the hearers in Jesus' name. And Father, we just ask you also, Lord, to, Lord, heal us and we will be healed. Save us, we will be saved and deliver us and we will be del- delivered in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Brother Elvis, before you get started, give out information yeah. on your network, how people can tune in, and how they can contact you and support your work. Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody, I just want to say that uh, I am Pastor Elvis Newhart, pastor of the Church of, uh, Church on a Thousand Hills over here in uh, in uh, Lower Saxony, Germany, known as Niedersachsen, uh, Germany here. And uh, wow, where do I start? Let's just start with our Sunday. Uh, on Sundays, we start. You can reach us on, at the Elvis Newhart Network on YouTube, and that's really the best place to catch us. If you're not a YouTube fan, hey, go to rumble.com forward slash ENN. It's like CNN without the communists, so we have Elvis in it. So ENN is, uh, you know, better than CNN. So at ENN, uh, all of our uh, messages are, are simultaneously broadcast there. Uh, that starts at 5.30 in the morning on East Coast time there. It's 11.30 uh, Central European time. And so, and a lot of our information's there. We give it out again. Uh, we also broadcast on Tuesday nights. We have Tuesday night with Elvis, which is eight o'clock our time, but it's two in the afternoon, uh, East, East Coast time, right? I thought I, th- I think I said New York time last time. It's two o'clock East, Co- East Coast time. And it's a little program that goes for a couple hours. We have a great time getting together and learning something. And, yes, that means that tonight we're going to be doing that again in about four hours. So uh, these last two weeks have been our dynamic double headers uh, going into all of this here, too. So, anyway, but that that's there. And uh, so those two broadcast channels, we've got a lot of simulcast uh, broadcasting channels as well. And uh, you can reach us. You can. Uh, we also have a Telegram group. We're on. We're on Telegram, and uh, and it's the uh, hashtag. Uh, Elvis, it's the Elvis Newhart Network, all written together, right on there. Um, also, if you'd like to support us and help out what we do and keep us going forward, people, uh, we are not on federal subsidy from anybody. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, it, it is paypal.me forward slash Elvis Newhart, again, written all together, like one big long word, Elvis Newhart. And if you go and if you look at our stuff on YouTube, anything, it'll be listed there. We bring it up uh, and we uh, we show all of these addresses and everything. We'd love for you to come by. We have around 500 uh, messages. And if you know my messages, we, that's a lot of material out there that we have, uh, including uh, the long version of what we're going to get today. Uh, but we do, hey, we, we talk about salvation, healing, deliverance, you know, the works of the gifts, God's grace and mercy towards us. And uh, we do that. So come on by. We preach Jesus Christ without the hooly gooly. Okay. And I think that's about it for that, unless I miss something. Elvis, uh, 
in addition to doing the live streams that you do with video on YouTube and Rumble, do you do a audio podcast version of those anywhere? Wow. We did audio podcasts for the longest time, but not yet. I think you spoke with me one time about considering an audio podcast. Yeah. What, was was that you with like uh, sure. maybe on Spotify or the, the Apple one you're talking? So all you got to do is you take the audio of your, your videos, so just be an MP3, and uh, you'll choose one platform to upload as like your home base. could be Blog Talk Radio or Podbean or Spreaker's pretty mm-hmm. good. And then once you get it up there, bam, you can get it out to 12 other platforms. Like Again, iTunes, Spotify, Google, and uh, hit just a straight podcast audio-only audience with that. Uh, right. You're already doing the work. You might as well distribute it there, too. So remind me. We'll talk about yeah. that sometime. Um but folks, uh, Elvis is doing a great job there. Uh, join them there for those live programs. And um, if they want to contact you by email or support your work, what's the best way to reach you? Okay, well, to contact us by email, you can write Elvis HCD, right? That's Elvis HCD, again, all written together, um, at AOL.com. Pretty easy address there. It's Elvis HCD at AOL.com. Uh, that'll come to us there. And to support us, you can support us at pay, uh, paypal.me uh, forward slash Elvis Newhart. My name, you probably see it somewhere, folks. So, uh, But, uh, you know, that that is actually the best way to do it with where we're at right now. Some people choose to support us, uh, you know, directly through YouTube or uh, other places where they can uh, donate uh, directly. But I'd really suggest the paypal.me uh, forward slash Elvis Newhart. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you for that information. And with that, the mic is yours. Take it away, Brother Elvis. Yes, thank you, Shannon. And I just want to encourage everybody, you know, if there's a like or a subscribe or something out there that you can hit on whatever platform you're, you're listening to, I'd like to encourage you to do that right now. Help Shannon out and his multitude of networks out there. Uh, really, that, that stuff, it, it really helps. It helps it get, get out there. Uh, we really, uh, through some of these platforms, they're, 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 how do you say, they're more like frenemies. You know, they're not, uh, long story short, uh, what do right. I say? I'll just say it this way. Not all of them are our friends, and they're looking for the you know fastest opportunity to zap us. So, and that's why we have these you know we we have all these other different places that we broadcast to. Like I said, we broadcast on YouTube, but we also have two simulcasts on uh, Rumble. Best one to check out is hey. Either type in my name, Elvis Newhart, or type in E-N-N, all big capital right there, too. Um, I am also on BitChute, uh, the Elvis Network on BitChute. And so there you go. You can try those guys. But really, take a look at all the stuff that Shannon got, has going on. Hey, give them a like, subscribe, you know, whatever. Whatever thumbs up they have with that there, too. Do it because this is important, too, because a lot of folks speak on this. Thank you, Amy. But let's – I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. But let's go forward with today, and today, and Shannon, this will also be our title for the message today. It's called The Worst King Ever. Wow. Okay, The Worst King Ever. And there's actually a guy in the Bible who holds this title. And when I was asking about people about who was the worst king ever, a lot of people brought up you know, the, the, the d- dynamic duo of Ahab and Jezebel. And Ahab, he wasn't a good one, right? And Jezebel, she wasn't a good one either. And that's a, boy, I could talk on that. But basically what Jezebel did is, I I believe she was sent down by her father uh, to destroy the culture down there. 
and, and Israel and whatnot. So, but it's a uh, really kind of, so let's go forward. Let's talk about it. Let, let's go forward. Well, where we start off and I would really like, I would really like to invite the people. We did the long form of this because I could really go into detail on Sunday. We could go into politics and it is incredible people how we see this on, you know, people talk about history. They say history is, you know, uh, history repeats itself. Well, you see that so much of what's going on back then with what's going on today. Uh, but uh, after 200 years of sinning, now after uh, after Solomon had died, a little bit after Solomon had died, during one of his sons, uh, the the top t- the, the, the ten tribes separated into a little country called Israel, and Judah and Benjamin they split off and they became Judah. Right. So um, after 200 years of sinning. Okay, 200 years of sinning, 200 years of getting involved in the craziest stuff, 200 years of judgments and everything. Finally, at one point, uh, uh, the Assyrians came and they carried those 10 tribes of Israel off. Now, what they did is they brought in um, all these foreign people, all these other people here, and they, they basically transplant, transplanted the population. It was like, you know, changing, switching out the population here. They really changed the demographics. Now, one interesting thing that happened was uh, God sent lions in to eat those people. Right, uh, it's, I believe that's Second Kings five, somewhere around there. Uh, and uh, boy, check me on that one. But anyway, but God sent lions into, into what was uh, into Israel. They were being eaten, everything else like that. Now Judah was doing okay for a while, but then Judah started slipping a little bit. Uh, they started started having some stuff around the edges. Uh, things were starting to crumble. But I want to go forward uh, with that. And we're going to jump forward today a little bit on things. Is there was a good king, right? And there was a, a good king, and his name was uh, Hezekiah. And he was there, and he did a lot of good things. And remember, Hezekiah, folks, he was the one that went and uh, sorry, get, catching up my notes here. Yeah, uh, and he was the one where he ordered. He, he goes, "Wow, we've got this big building in the middle of the town. It's full of wood. It's full of garbage. Why don't you clean that thing out?" By the way, somebody, what's the name of that building anyway? Somebody want to tell me what it is? And so uh, the, the workmen are working, and they're taking, and they, it says specifically they unloaded a lot of wood out of the temple. It was the temple of God, and the place was so full of wood and garbage and detriments and everything, they weren't really doing services there anymore. Wow. And so anyway, they're cleaning this place out, out of the wood. And by the way, wood is a symbol for humanity, kind of like God put the spark in Hezekiah's heart, you know, to basically get the humanity out of the church. And they found they found uh, papers there which were like they basically found you know the Torah, they found copy copies of the law, you know, the Bible that they had back then. And the guys came and said, "Hey, we found these papers, and listen to what it says on these papers." And they just happened to read the part in the whole Torah and the Bible there, and it it really pierced Hezekiah's heart. And he's like, "You get that place cleaned out. You start going. You start doing the things the right way. You read in those papers. You find out how God wants us to worship, and we're going to do it by golly." And you know what they did. Okay, and good, great things happened too. Uh, There was there was a big battle. You know, big armies were coming against Jerusalem, and they had turned again to the Lord. But the thing is this, and then God delivered them out of the hands miraculously uh, from their enemies, and things are looking really good. 
And then Hezekiah became, uh, he, at the age of 39, he became, he, he, he got a sickness and he was going to die. And God told him, uh, Hezekiah, put your things in order because you're going to die. And he cried and he wept and he prayed, right? He prayed out. I mean, come on, 39 years old, things are going good for you. You're, 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 you're halfway healthy, right? You know, you just, you, you had found the word of the Lord. You got the temple going again. And, and there was a huge clean out. They were pulling down statues of Moloch. They were pulling down all the idols, any groves. They were pulling anything up on the high places. They pulled all of that down. And they were really bent on serving God. Now, and so look at this. It's like, well, wait a minute here. He was serving God, kind of doing the right thing. How come at, how come at uh, 39 years old, you know, he gets sick like this? I mean, can Christians have problems? Are Christians allowed to get sick? I mean, my Lord, what did he do wrong? And remember... What we just we just went over the story in the book of Job, right, people, and um, and so and he, and so the prophet came and spoke to him, and and he he cried out to God, he wept, he turned his face to the wall, did did whatever he did that, and then God answered him back, and this is in Second Kings chapter twenty, verse five, and God looks down on Hezekiah and says, Hezekiah, I've heard your prayers and I've seen your tears, and I'm going to heal you. Wow. And so God does heal him. God heals Hezekiah and, and says, uh, you're going to live. He added 15 years to his life. And an interesting thing uh, happens in those 15 years of Hezekiah's life. Now, so that's when the figs come out. Uh, God also sent a time, uh, uh, you know, he says, well, I'll, I'll either put the sun forward or I'll put the sun backwards. Right? Which one do you want? And so, anyway, long story short, God moved the sun at this time as a, as a sign that He is going to be healed. Right? And I think I, I think it was put the time backwards because I think that was even tougher. Well, God did the tough thing; He got an extra fifteen years. Now, so what happened? So what happened uh, at this time? Now, in verses twelve and thirteen of Second Kings chapter twenty, what we see is. Um, you know, I guess he was so happy being healed. And now look at this here too. At that time, Marduk Baladan, anyway, the king of Babylon sent Hezekiah letters and he sent him a gift because he had heard of Hezekiah's illness. I mean, this was really something. And anytime a king got sick back then, anytime a king got sick, everybody was looking because they go, well, he's either going to get assassinated, there's going to be a government change, let's keep our eyeballs on him. And they're watching, but all of a sudden, everybody knew, everybody knew that he was dead, but he was brought back to life. Well, you give him 15 more years. Right. And so the king and so whenever something happened like that, everybody came because they wanted to hear the story. They wanted to hear what uh, what was going on, uh, you know, the surrounding nations. They wanted, hey, what what magic, what sorcery did you use? Was there a magic trick? Okay. And they're looking at, at that. But there's another reason why they sent people into a place at that time. Now, so what happened was, was Hezekiah, he received the envoys and they showed, he, uh, and he showed them all that was in his storehouses. Okay. Now, look at this and you can start thinking about what this was. Here he was, he was, he was 39 years old, uh, and then he became very sickly. He, you know, stuff was going on. And so, in a way, you kind of see here that Hezekiah wants to prove to everybody that he's somebody. So let's go on. And so he showed him everything. 
And in verses 12 and 13, they tell you what everything it is, and it's everything. His armory, everything found among his treasures, and there was nothing in his palace or in all of his kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. He showed them all everything in, in their kingdom, including their defenses, everything. And I don't think he realized he – I think there was a, a, a thing of pride here. You know, he's like, well, I was sick, but I want to show everybody I'm strong now. And especially Babylon, you know, Babylon was the city of cities right now. I want to show them too that I am a great and mighty king and, you know, and me, 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 right? And so he showed them everything. Everything, and then you just put, you just think of something. It's everything: gold, silver, all the shiny stuff. Everything. So then that happened, and I honestly believe that uh, what what happened here was was those three Babylonian princes came and they were spying out the land because that that was a great time to find out. Okay, how strong? What do they have? Is it worth taking? And can they defend it? And then Isaiah came, and I want to tell you here too, Isaiah was the prophet that was dealing with, uh, with, with Ezekiel, and actually Isaiah and Ezekiel, they were close together. Uh, Hezekiah made a lot of, uh, you know, did a lot of things for the temple and everything, and so they knew each other really well. They, they worked really close together. You, you could call them friends if you wanted, but so the prophet Isaiah asked, what did they see in your palace? And so Hezekiah said, well, they saw everything in my palace, everything. And it says there in 2 Kings 20, 15, there is nothing among my treasures that I did not show them. Okay, And so you can say he was being a little bit of a show off, right? You know, he, he wanted to impress them with what they had. And then Isaiah opened his understanding to what really happened. And in verses 16 and 17, then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, you know what? Hear the word of the Lord. The days are coming when everything that is in your house and all that your fathers have laid up in store to this day. So everything you have and everything your forefathers have will be carried to Babylon and nothing shall be left. Now, there's an entire message and entire ser uh, a sermon in that. Uh, and you know what? I want to encourage you again, go listen to our Sunday message on this one. It's the long version with all the history and all the reason, all the – he gave all the state secrets away. There was nothing hidden from the, ba uh, from the Babylonians. Okay, why is that a bad thing? Well, it said in verse 18. He says, you know what? They're going to carry away all that stuff, right? They're going to come back for it. Okay, these people have a lust to have, a lust to steal your stuff. It, it, it's the same reason why you don't go outside and, and walk around the stores and open your wallet up and say, hey, look, look how much gas I have in my wallet. Here I go. Hey, everybody, look inside my wallet. Look what I have. But, but a, a, an even worse thing is this, is Isaiah also said, and some of your descendants, your own kids, your own flesh and blood that will be born to you, maybe they're not born yet, but the ones that will even be born to will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Let me speak that today in today's language. Yep, uh, some of your, your kids, they're going to be taken away, and they will be castrated. Mm -hmm. And they're going to walk around as castrated eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Okay. Now, with this shocking no noise... Uh, with this shocking word, you would think Hezekiah would say, oh, my Lord, I have sinned. Uh, uh, Isaiah, help me. How can I pray? What can I do? 
you know, hey, how can we reverse this around? What can we do to prepare? But here's what he said in verse 19. Hezekiah said, the word of the Lord you have spoken is good. Okay, now on the surface, that looks great. Yeah, right. But he thought in his heart and he thought to himself, well, will there not be peace and security in my lifetime? And that goes down, and people have said that this is is one of the most incredible sayings in the Bible, one of the incredible, one of the most stupid sayings in the Bible. That the the dumbest thing this guy could say, right? He goes, "Well, the word of the Lord is good," but he was thinking, and in his heart was, "Well, you know what? If it's not going to happen to me, if it's just going to happen to my kids, no, that's okay. That's okay if it's going to happen to my kids and not me." And you really wonder what happened here, too. And it's, and it's like, buddy, you just got 15 more years from God, and you're off doing this crazy stuff. Again. And, and, really, and so what you see in the thing of, of Hezekiah, it's like he, basically, he started off very spiritual. He ends up very carnal, right? And his body, his body was really getting more and more healthy. But his spirituality was on a complete de- uh, was on a complete de- decline here, right? And that when you're going, well, you know what? It's not going to happen to me. It's going to happen to my kids. And a lot of people don't have that opinion about their kids. Usually, parents want better for their kids than what they had. And he's like, well, if judgment's coming, yeah, the kids can bear it. My Lord. Well, what happens during this time here too? In his extra time, Hezekiah has a son, and they had a little boy. And uh, he was he was uh, he he had a son with a lady by the name of uh, uh, Hephzibah, and they had a little boy, and they named him Manasseh. They named him Manasseh, and he was going to rule fifty five years, fifty five years in Jerusalem. Okay, that's fifty five years, people. We complain when we get a president or a situation that we're not really in agreement with or we don't like, and we go, "Well, you know what? Uh, in four years, we can uh, we can uh, 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 vote him out of office." Okay, there wasn't that back then, right? There was no such thing as uh, uh, impeachment back then. They had different way they had different ways of lifting up of rulers back then. But so what happened was, is he was born, and Hezekiah poured everything that he still had into Manasseh into being a good king. Now, it's also there, too, that you had, you had the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, and I want you to remember this for later in the message, the prophet Isaiah was like, uh, was like Manasseh's, uh, um, uh, um, was like Manasseh's, uh, uh, grandfather, right? He was close family friend. You know, you could say godfather, grandfather. He was really close, spent a lot of time. I mean, can you imagine if we would have had that training from, from Isaiah and early in our life? And, you know, it's those first seven or eight years that's so important. All that time up until 12 years old, 12 years old, uh, uh, Manasseh had that, right? Now, Manasseh means uh, I have forgotten. Right, I have forgotten, and that comes also from earlier in the Bible. There, just want to throw that in. It means I've forgotten, and the thing is, this is that his father died at the age of fifty-four years old, around fifty-four years old, and that's still young. And he was a good guy, but I think he, I think he was going. But at the end of the fifteen years, time was up. So Manasseh is crowned king at twelve years old. I was asking people here during church on Sunday, and uh, twelve years old. What is that? Sixth grade. 
seventh grade, you know. So you had you had a sixth or seventh or eighth grader, right, that just became the king. And people can be really impressionable around those times. Okay, people can be really impressionable around those ears. And this is this is when, right, when you have a baby for the king, they don't tell us about the regent. Uh, but maybe they thought, okay, at least they, he's got Isaiah close to him and, and some of his father's people. So let's start out in uh, in Second uh, Kings chapter twenty one, and like it says, Manasseh was twelve years old when he began to reign. And in verse two, it does not even wait. The apple fell far from the tree, and it's in verse two. It says, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. After the abominations of the heathen who the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Now, notice this here too. There has been all these histories of hundreds of years of what's happened to the Assyrians, uh, what, what, uh, what happened to the kings before that did bad things. You didn't reign long. You didn't whatever. You, you know, you got overthrown. You got defeated. There were bad things that happened, right? But he did all he, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, and it, I, I'm telling you what, there wasn't an abomination that he that he left out, and he dealt he did it. And what he did is basically he went and he did the exact opposite of his father, even to tear down the works of his father. It says here too, everything, every place that his father had torn down, he built it right up again. Okay, everything his father destroyed, he built it right up again, and he he lifted up uh, altars for Baal, okay, altars for Baal, and made a grove, as did Ahab, king of Israel. Wow, he's going now. Ahab was you know quite a few years before, uh, but it was the same thing, same family line, I guess, right? And so he, he did everything Ahab did, and Ahab he sinned greatly, and he worshipped. All the host of heaven. There wasn't a demon behind a stone or a stick that he didn't bring the people to worship, and he served them. Now, what he did here, too, remember how his father cleaned out the house of the Lord? In verse 4, it says he built altars in the house of the Lord. He built them in, of which the Lord said in Jerusalem, I will put my name. And what he did, in verse 5, he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts in the house of the Lord, right in the middle. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven, okay? All of them. Now, I want to throw this here really quick here, too. When Muhammad went to, oh boy, I want to say not Medina, uh, Mecca or whatever, wherever the black stone is, he went into that black stone and he cast out all of the, uh, uh, also cast out all of the other gods that were in there. Uh, he kept the moon god, and there you go. But this is like another thing. And so, you know, at, 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 at least, uh, what's his name, Muhammad cast them all out. He put them all in. Long time before, he put them all in. It wasn't just one. He's going, we're doing everybody. And for notice it says in verse 5, all the hosts of heaven. Now, sorry if I repeat, this is still to this very moment so shocking to me. He goes in the temple and just stuffs it. And it gets worse. In verse 6, and he made his son pass through the fire. Okay? That means worship of Moloch. You had Baal there. You had Moloch. He sacrificed his first son because you did that when you were getting into power, right? Okay. He sacrificed his son. Still happens today, right? And he says, and observed times, right? And he used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits. You get that? Familiar spirits. 
and all the garbage that was in his family from all the things before, all those spirits, all those spirits were just waiting for him. And wizards, and he wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. We talked for a longer time about family line spirits and familiar spirits. And remember, he went back, he was doing what, you know, he, he did the opposite of his father. Right, but he went right up that line of really like the ungodly kings and just did whatever they could even more. Now, where does that come from? Can you ask yourself where does that come from? Right? Okay. And the thing is, is that yeah, there's demons and there are spirits. There's spirits in a family line. There are curses over a family line. And you see, people. That's why stuff like that is important because Little Manasseh was given every chance to succeed, but as soon as he came to power, he he failed greatly. Now you think, and there's more. And he set up a graven image of the grove that he had made in the house uh, of which the Lord said to David, "Okay." He built up temples of Baal. There were things of Moloch. He stuffed the place with temple prostitutes, people. Okay, and it's really incredible, right? And so, anyway, so, but the thing is this, but, and the people saw this and everything. The prophets and everybody, they tried, they tried speaking with him. The prophets tried speaking. And remember, Isaiah's there. And remember, Isaiah was having to watch this. Okay, do you remember, remember Isaiah, Grandpa Isaiah? Family friend, Isaiah, right? Now, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I mean, and and the thing is, it became more and more and more. And all these people that had turned to the Lord, they're all of a sudden, they're turning back back over to all these other demons and these idols. And so, but now here, verse 9, let's just go to that. But they hearken not. And and the the people didn't listen. When there were people out there trying to tell them, people, look out. This is what's going on. We're we're not just in physical wars. We are in spiritual wars, people. And they hearkened not. And Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations who the Lord had destroyed. Now, that is a tall – they were out sending the Assyrians, the Canaanites, all the nations they had kicked kicked out of the promised land. They send even more. So it's like, how low can you go? Right. And notice he said that Manasseh seduced them. Uh, it's the same thing today, people. We get seduced over the media. We get lied to. There's a lot of sorcery. I mean, start breaking sorcery over your life. Uh, break off all sorcery over your life, spirits of deception. I mean, because you've got to be really seduced, folks. Okay. And they, they came at him with sex, money, power. And uh, it just gets work, right? And so anyway, now what happened in verse 10? And so finally the Lord spoke by his servants, the prophets, saying, now this is Isaiah. Maybe this could have been Habakkuk uh, sometime. Oh, well, Isaiah and anybody st- studying with him or around him at that time. And they said, you know what? Manasseh has done, done these ab- uh, abominations. And now get this, and has done wickedly above all all the Ammonites did, which were before him. Wow. I mean, that's another study for itself. What did the Ammonites do? Okay. Therefore, God said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to bring so much evil upon Jerusalem and Judah that whoever hears this story, their ears are going to tingle. And in verse 13, what it says, what, I'll just, let me just paraphrase here. Please check it in your Bible. Verse 13, it says, you know what? I'm going to judge Judah just like I judge the line of Samaria, right, and, uh, and the house of Ahab. 
and and I'm I'm going to wipe Jerusalem as a man wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Wow. Verse 14, I will I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance and deliver them into the hand of their enemies, right? And so this is this was like, wow. Why why did God do this? Because they have done that which was evil in my sight and they provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came forth out of Egypt until this day. So people were not looking at a little, just a little uh, a little thing that was going on uh, in Israel at this time here under Manasseh, and for all the good that people did before him, he went and, and he pushed. I mean, it, it's like he he tried outdoing their wickedness. And you know, there were kings in the past that they tried to do outdo the wickedness of Ahab or outdo the wickedness. Well, you know, he he took number one on the place. And this is what makes Manasseh the worst king ever. Now, why do you say that? Well, let's look at verse 16 here right now, what he did. Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much till he filled Jerusalem from one end to the other. Oh, my Lord. I mean, everything we've read up to now is just horrible what he's done. And also, my Lord, building all the wicked idols and doing all the things in the temple that they had there too. And you know, people, when they set up those idols and when they planted those groves, it was a bunch of bushes, right? And I'm going to say it straight here just to let you know how bad it was getting. They would go in and have demonic sex cult parties right in the middle of church, okay? We there were a few that happened in America recently where some things were going on, and every even the even the unbelievers were shocked. These people, I mean, there was such an arrogance against God. They would go and 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 worship their demons in the middle in the middle of the temple, around the temple, in the courts of the temple. Yeah, and that's what all those temple prostitutes were for. And you could have a man, or you could have a woman, or you could have or you could have little uh, little kids. And I'm not joking, okay? And not only were they, were they doing that with the kids, right? You know, doing that, ugh, whatever stuff with the kids, a little bit hard for me to talk about, right? Not, not only were doing that, he was also encouraging people to sacrifice their kids to Moloch. And aren't we seeing that today too? Sacrifice of the kids to every sex cult out there. Just turn on the news, people. Turn on the news. And you know what? And he also, besides his sin wherewith, he made Judah to sin in doing that which was evil in the sight of the, of the Lord. My Lord. I mean, this was bad. This was bad. And if you want to hear a little bit longer version and some more explanations, please go and, and, and listen to the, to the long-form message. Uh, to, to the uh, to the long form message that we sh- that we just shared here on Sunday, going back one. So anyway, so now if you would please follow me over, and we're going to go over to Second Chronicles chapter thirty three to continue the story. But this guy was a stinker of all stinkers. Let me tell you, folks. Now, and so what happened? What happened was. Uh, and again, if you go in Second Chronicles 33, there's basically a recap of everything that di- they did in Second Kings. And I tell you what, if if there was, you know, like it says, he uh, verse six, he caused the, his his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom, right? Almost like the forced the, the abortion. I'd say forced abortion. No, it, it was willing. 
willing, okay? Verse 5, he built altars for all the hosts of heaven. We're not talking angels here, people. He built altars. Uh, oh, okay, I said this before, too. He, he, he had an altar for every demon that was out there, okay? For every not God that was out there. Right, and he built them in into the uh, into the two courts of the house of the Lord. I, I mean, people, I, this is this is horrible. This is just abomination. This is blasphemy. He causes children to uh, to to be fed to Moloch. Right? He observed times and he used enchantments. Now, uh, spells, enchantments, and sorcery that is used what's to bewitch people. And yes, people, that's been happening here. Okay. So we break off in Jesus' name all spells, enchantments, and sorcery over us and over our nations, no matter what country we're living in right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, we break that over the people in Jesus' name. And it says also he dealt with a familiar spirit. He, he had a demon that was coming and giving him counsel and telling him how to do even more and even worse, right? And he wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him. And I just, it goes on and on and on. And if there was anything holy, he really went to make it unholy. People, one thing I talk more about and everything is just the attack on churches, the attack on God's people. But I want to tell you, there were a lot of God's people there, and they were seduced. And witchcraft was there, okay, until they were doing it right along. Have you ever wondered, you read along in the Bible, and you're like, you see a good king, and everybody's like, oh, yay, God, Yeshua, you're us. And, and they're doing the sacrifices, or they'll return back to God, but it's only a short time later or a time later, and then they're all back to doing the wicked stuff. Okay. So, And I just want to say again, there's, you know, it's like, well, here's a question. Can Christians have demons? Can believers have demons? Well, let me tell you what. They weren't getting rid of that. They were just doing, you know, they were doing the right things. Good. They were coming back to the Lord. Good. Repentance, very good, right? All that's really good and everything, but you know what? What was that what was that that was always seemed to drag them back into the same sins over and over again? And I asked the question, what's going on over and over and over again? And you pray and you read your Bible, you might even fast. You know, you go to church, you do all the things, you've done everything you can, but your spiritual life, it's either slowed down, right, stopped, or even going backwards. And folks, that is the word, that is the work of demons. You go, well, which one? Every demon that was in the courtyard, in the court courtyard, in, in the house of the Lord, right in Jerusalem, right in the city. And notice that, people, where did the enemy decide to put, to really focus on the majority of, of his pollution? Right there in the house of the Lord, in Jerusalem, you know, these holy places or whatever. Why? Because the enemy just wants to really, I'm sorry, I've got the German word in my head, Frisauen, he really wants to mess them up and pollute them. I mean, it was getting so bad, like I said. They killed so many innocent people there. They killed the prophets. And so, anyway, it was, so. and so when they went, and let me tell you too, and so here they did, they all did this, and at the lowest point, Isaiah walks up to this young Manasseh, or, or to this Manasseh, that was like a, a grandson to him. You know, it was like a nephew to him. 
And look at all the training Moses taught him and put put into him. And this is Isaiah trained. Did I? I'm sorry. I think I said Moses. This uh, um, Isaiah and everything he poured into this kid. And you know what? Ha- and he said, you know what? We're not doing this. The faithful that were there, the people of God, they said, you know what? Enough is enough of this. We're not going to do this anymore. Okay. And that's when the blood of the innocent started getting shed. So much that it filled all of Jerusalem, and you know what the sad thing is? Yeah, that's when basic. That's when Manasseh goes and kills Isaiah, had him sawed in half. You can read. You can read in Hebrews eleven thirty-seven. Okay, had Isaiah sawed in half, he had Isaiah killed. Your own grandpa, your own uncle, your own whatever, somebody that had done everything in their life to, to help build Manasseh up. Manasseh had fallen so deep that he even killed him, right? And you know what? And really, God, it was so bad, Judah was doing worse than the heathen. It says over and over and over again. And, and in verse 10, the Lord spoke to Manasseh. And to his people, but they would not would not uh, hearken, right? And so, right. And after they had killed Isaiah, after they had killed so many people that said up that 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 said no, and then that's the time where God goes, okay, it's going to happen to Judah. What's happened to Assyria? Because your sins were even worse worse than hers. Um, that that uh, that the Assyrians came and they took Manasseh. Okay, and if you read in verse 11, they took King Amasa, they, they defeated him, and that's when it started. And they, it says they took him through the thorns. Now, what you did to humiliate kings back then is you would, you would drag them through the thorns. You would drag them through the thorns, and yeah, there's a lot of humility that comes in. I have roses, but I tell you what, when my roses, you know, when my pretty roses decide to bite back and I get a thorn or something, one little poke doesn't feel good. When you got drugged through it, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of suffering. I want to remind you of Jesus right now, too. Remember what the heathen, well, what the Romans did to Jesus when they crammed that, crammed that uh, uh, crown of thorns upon his head, right? And they said, oh, behold, the king of Israel. Behold, the king of Israel. Okay, that was mockery. That was humiliation. That was very painful. Yeah, I just want to show you. They did that to Jesus, too. The heathen mocked him. That was the thing that they did. But he gave, they gave him the thorns. They drug him through them. Um, I, I do an, another whole thing on the torments and tortures. Uh, what they do is they usually put a, a, a piercing through the nose. They pierce the nose through, and they, dr- they dr- drug you along like an animal. And they would either do it to your nose, your lips, or your jaw. And you can go find this out, too. There are horrible the, – the Assyrians were masters at torture. I say the Assyrians, the, the, the Babylonians, too. You know, it, it's that area. And uh, they were masters at torture. They were masters at killing people. And by the way, that cross that Jesus Christ hung on, okay, that was a Babylonian torture instrument. And why did the Romans take it? Because it was one of the worst, most painful and heinous and embarrassing ways to die. You're, they were they were naked to that thing, nailed to that cross, naked, and just left there to die a very painful death. And anyway, I could go on that for that forever, but we're going to move on here. So what happened was is they treated him really roughly. Okay, it says, and they bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. Verse thirteen. And when he was in affliction, and I promise you, he was in affliction. All you got to do is go out there and search for uh, uh, Assyrian tortures and everything. 
They beat him. They tortured him, like they said. They uh, they castrated his children and made them eunuchs, right? And it's amazing. It's amazing that with Manasseh, for some reason they didn't castrate Manasseh. For some reason they didn't poke out his eyes. That was a, there was a lot of things that they treated him so bad. They, they they were treating him so bad that the, the punishment was so bad that it broke him. And I'm going to tell you, it, it, the more proud you are, or the more proud somebody is, or the hard somebody is, you know, the, the worse that the treatment is. I mean, if God wants you, and I want to remind you that these people, these guys, were in the family line of Jesus. How's that one, right? I mean, it's going to be funny. Go down the family line of Jesus sometime, right? And so the thing is, is that he besought the Lord, his God. Wow. And notice how it said his God. You know what? There was a little spark because that's one thing that that family had, that there was a little spark. Hezekiah had a little spark. They cleaned out the temple, right? And there was a little spark. And he goes, you know what? I, I killed I killed Isaiah, but I'm remembering what Isaiah taught me. Why did I ever kill him? Right, I remember what he taught me, and, and, and I remember the story of my father. And my father cried out to God when he was going to die. My father cried out to God when when he was when he thought he was in hell, and he besought the Lord as God. And look at this, and he humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. Something brought that back to memory. I, you know, I get a lot of uh, parallelisms, a lot of comparisons to look at the prodigal son, look at the prodigal son. Lifted up in his pride, humbled greatly, got to the point where he's like, you know what? All my slaves have some, something to eat in my father's house, so I'm going to go tell my father, Lord, just make uh, father make me a slave so I can just have something to eat. And and Manasseh probably prayed out, oh, God, I have shed so much blood. God, I, I killed Isaiah, right? Best friend, I killed one of my best family friends, Isaiah. I did all, all that there too, Lord, forgive me. Right? And verse 13 says, and he prayed unto God, and he was entreated of him. God listened to him. He prayed to him. Boy, it took a lot to get to, to, uh, to, get to Manasseh, right, folks? Can I humbly ask, let's not let it get that far? I mean, how many of these incredible testimonies have we heard uh, on, on YouTube or any other, uh, any other channel? We hear these incredible testimonies of a lot of these, you know, big bad guys or whatever, and something bad happens or they're about to die or something goes on, and then God speaks to them. Okay? And it's like, yeah, and God goes, yeah, I had to turn up that much heat to save you. This is what, this is what we say. Uh, many times the worst thing to happen to you is not the worst thing to happen to you. It's amazing. At least God listened. Okay, and get this. And he heard his prayers. Now, in the Bible, it says supplication. That's more than just a little prayer in your car or whatever. He repented. He was taken down. That tells you how bad the tortures were and everything, right? Okay. Right, And it says this, and he heard his supplication, he heard his prayer. At this time, like I said, he's got a ring in his nose. All of those out there wanting to get a nose piercing, please don't. It's a symbol of, they would humiliate kings like that and drag you around like an animal. Okay? More on that later. More on our Sunday message. Okay? And, and, and really, and it says he besought the Lord as God and humbled himself greatly. And God heard him pray, and he was really sorry about that. He repented. And what happened? Miracle of miracles. Now, once you were captured, usually once you were captured by the Babylonians or the Assyrians, especially if you were royalty, 
If you were royalty, usually you were already castrated. Usually your whole family had been killed before you, right? Usually your eyes were burned out. Usually, usually, but for some reason, this had never happened to the worst king ever. Makes no sense. But God must have known, right? And guess what? He brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. And it says here in verse 13, then Manasseh knew that the Lord was his God. He brought him back to Jerusalem and people, he was returned to Jerusalem as a king. Not a beggar, not something else that he came back as a king. And Manasseh started the biggest cleaning uh, cleaning thing. He says, okay, everybody, let's get those walls up now again. After this, he built the wall outside of the city of David, right? He did that. Uh, he uh, Really, he, he put up a big, huge defensive tower, okay? And he put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. He says, people, we cannot do this. We got to be ready. Okay, so he rebuilt the kingdom. He brought the defense of the kingdom back. He says, people, I I don't want to kill you anymore, people. I want to protect you. And he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of the Lord. He's like, man, get this out of here. These are just demons. These are just demon gods. Get them out. You're going to worship God. Everybody, look what God did to me. You all know me. You know the garbage I did. God had mercy on me, so let's get all this stuff out. Because, people, we worshiped that stuff, people, and things went really bad. Things went really bad, right? He took out all the altars he had built uh, built on the mount of the house of the Lord of Jerusalem, and he cast them out of the city because they were filthy. They were polluted, right? All that stuff. Uh-uh. We're not going to have any, you know, uh, hokey-pokey worship services uh, in here anymore, no more adultery, no more fornication, no more of this, you know, sex sex god worship here. We're not doing that. Get out. And, and he cast him out of the city to cleanse the city. He repaired the altar of the Lord. He repaired it. Can you imagine how he would be re- repenting at this time too? And what did he do? Well, what they were told to do back then by God and by Moses, by the prophets, right? He rebuilt the offer and he sacrificed their on peace offerings, Right and thank offerings and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Incredible. And he ruled for 55 years. Now that's a king that comes back and does that. And you think he was serious about that? He remembered. He remembered the torture. Now why does this happen? Why are we learning about this here today? Because one thing I want to show you out of this message today, people, is God is true. God keeps his word and you know what? They, they were in the family line of Jesus. And look at what God does to keep his promises true. And I want to show you this. In 1 John 1, 9, it was written, If we confess our sins unto him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And people, if it worked for a stinker like Manasseh back then, how do you think it's going to work for you? Okay? Hey, people, little sin, big sin, whatever sin, maybe I, I would love it if somebody if somebody listened to this that was just so anti-God and running away from God. Please look at the story of Manasseh, please. There are family members we have that are like this. Uh, you know, hey, there are, time, there, there are godly people where they have kids and then the kids just make that left turn right on the highway to hell and they're wondering about their kids and if they're ever going to be saved or whatever else like that, here is the hope for that. Boy, if I was ever to preach in a prison ministry, this is the one that I would preach. You know what? This guy really screwed up. 
But you know what? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. God is no respecter of persons. If he can do it for a high, a high, high and mighty king like Manasseh, uh, the, you know, this, this really the worst king ever, you know, it, it, applies, it applies for you too. For that kid that's hooked on something, running around, doing whatever, totally whatever, like a reprobate heathen or whatever, you ask them to touch that spark in their heart. There are so many parents, and they have kids, and it's really it's, – it's amazing. It's sad. You've got preacher kids. You've got the kids of godly people. Uh, they get saved young. They're going forward. The, the parents try their best, and their kids end up the worst you know, hey, maybe this happens in marriages or whatever else like that. I, I just want to exhort you today. We pray now, Father in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name, there is that little spark in, in, in my child. Father, there is that spark somewhere in my in, in my spouse, my husband, my wife, something like that, okay? Really, where, where it's bad. Or for the really bad people. And let me tell you what. We are going to be so surprised when we are up in heaven at who we see. You will meet Manasseh in heaven one day. And I tell you what, I tell you what, when he met all those people that he killed, when he met Isaiah, I tell you what, there's probably a river of tears and everything they did. But you know what? What does this show here? God's grace, God's mercy, and how God's serious about this here too. Though your sins are as red as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. You could be the worst sinner on earth. But what does the devil say to these people? Oh, you've sinned so much. You've done so bad. God will never have you. Are you kidding me? He took Manasseh. So I want you to use that. When the devil tells you that, you can say, no, he took Manasseh. Do you remember the story of Manasseh? Right? Now, I may even be worse than Manasseh, but you know what? If I turn to him, if I confess my sins and go back to him and make him my God. And I want to show you two people with Hezekiah and with his son Manasseh. Here's the things too. You do good works because you are saved. You do not do good works to be saved. Notice Hezekiah didn't do all those works, then get saved. Manasseh didn't do all those works, then get saved. God had a real thing. What, what, what are the sacrifices of God? A broken heart and a contrite spirit. That's the sacrifices that they made. And they came to God and they confessed their sins. And this is so big. And, and there's a lot of times you don't hear a lot of sin preaching. But I wanted to tell you about the worst king in the entire Bible today. The worst king. And when he was at the bottom of his prison, you know, and you see God's grace, why wasn't he killed? Why wasn't he blinded? Why wasn't he castrated? Why didn't they chop stuff off? Go look at the pictures of what the Assyrians did to other royalty. Why was he kept whole? There's no reason for it than God saying, you know what? I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be merciful. Yep, there was judgment here and everything. Yes, he's in captivity. You know, sometimes people, that's what it takes to get what God has to do to get the attention of those uh, of those that, that he loves. And like I said, too, sometimes the worst thing to happen to you is not the worst thing to happen to you. So, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray, Lord, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. And in Jesus' name, we also we also come against this. Boy, the one thing that's missing here, and I'm going to say this, people, Manasseh did all this great stuff. He was king for 55 years. But you know what? The first chance those demons got to get into the people, right, and start manifesting again 
Okay, they got rid of the idols. They, you know, they cast out. Notice this here too. They cast the idols out. When you cast the idols out, you cast the demon out. But they're looking for a way in. That's why. That's why there's deliverance, people. But Lord, we just come to you right now in Jesus' name. We just take a moment to confess our sins, Lord. If you're the worst turkey out there right now, look to heaven and say, Hosanna. Hosanna, which means God save me. God save me. That's what Hosanna means. Okay, it's not this powdered sugar thing. Save me, God. Deliver me, God. There's no hope for me, God. Okay, do that now. I do not want you in an Assyrian prison. I don't want you in an American prison, a Mexican prison. I don't want you in any prisons like that stuff at all, so we confess our sins now. Lord, forgive forgive my sins, Lord, and put me on the path of restoration and deliverance in Jesus' name. Lord, we confess the sins of our fathers right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Back 20 generations on both sides of the family line, Lord. And I cry out, Lord, and I ask you for mercy right now. If you happen to be listening, this would be a miracle of all miracles. If you're the worst guy out there, if you're the worst person in your family, if you're the worst whatever and there's no hope for you, guess what? God's waiting. You are the one that God is looking for right now. You are the one that God is looking for right now. If you're the baddest of the bad, the meanest of the mean, Jesus is, Jesus is standing there saying, come give me a hug, son. Come give me a hug, daughter. And you'll say, no, but I'm so unclean, I'm so dirty, I'm so bad. And Jesus goes, you know what? My blood is the best is the best cleaning thing out there that there is. Why don't you come and try it there too? And so, Father, I pray that these people would find their way, Lord, to salvation, Lord, uh, good teaching. Lord, open the Bible to them, Father. Bring them into a good fellowship, Father, in Jesus' name. But we also pray, Lord, that you could also uh, lead them to real deliverance, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Father, we thank you for your grace. You are so patient with us, Lord. You are so willing to take us back, so willing to work with us over and over again, Lord. And even if our sins are as a sin of Manasseh, we come to you, Lord Jesus, and ask you to clean us with clean us with your blood, forgive us, and set us on the path marked right. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Powerful we, word today. And Brother Elvis, what is your next program that people can tune into? Tonight. Tonight. You can travel... Uh, uh, Three hours from now, we're going to have Tuesdays with Elvis. That's on at, on YouTube on the Elvis Newhart Network, the Church of a Thousand Hills. Uh, join us there, and we will we're going to be there tonight. And uh, really, people with Manasseh too, and everything else like that. Everything else is great, but I, I hope we see here too through the history of Israel and Judah and everything the importance of getting deliverance from these wicked spirits that like to let, get into us. Amen. Amen. Excellent word. We'll get this up here in a few minutes. Please share this with your friends and go over and tune in to the Elvis Newhart Network. Thank you, my friend, and um, get me uh, your next dates. I'm booking right now. God bless you, Brother Elvis. I'll do that. Thank you, Shannon. God bless you, too. Friends, let me save this. If you're on Mixivar, get ready to reset. Here we go. <laughs> 